0: Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Tuesday, the 18th, day of April, 2023. Your taxes are due in the mail today. My accountant friends are thrilled. They've been working overtime the last few weeks. It's also known as Tax Freedom Day by coincidence. All of your working time this year up to today is just to pay your federal income tax. Now you can start working on your state taxes. Then there is all the more hidden taxes like sales tax, property tax, fuel tax, and so forth. Typically, most folks work until midsummer just to cover the government in all its forms. Some government functions are necessary, like roads and infrastructure. But where we've gone wrong is where government dollars go directly to a recipient. Those payments often end up just buying votes. The cornerstone of the current St. Peter's Basilica is laid in 1506. Part of the Catholic thought process, and by extension most of the formal churches is, the grander is a form of worship and reflects God. Others would argue this is counter to the biblical ideal. The second and final day of Martin Luther's trial in Worms, Germany, is on this day in 1521. Luther had many issues with the Catholic Church, some minor, and other major principles. One of the most pressing was the idea and practice of selling indulgences. Essentially, a cash payment could bring spiritual or eternal rewards. The practice was widespread across Europe. Luther saw it as essentially extortion. The population was poor and largely uneducated. Representatives of the church were roaming the countryside, preaching and collecting large sums of cash, a good portion of which was directed to the building of St. Peter's Basilica. The worst practitioner was one John Tetzel. His sermons, Selling Indulgence, were the direct cause of Luther's 95 theses. One of Tetzel's most egregious statements was the idiom, When the gold in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. On the 18th of April in 75, goes the Longfellow poem, this is the day of Paul Revere's famous ride. Revere, William Dawes, and others rode the countryside that night, alerting common folks the regulars were coming. It is doubtful they shout the phrase, the British are coming. At that time, everyone was still British. There were a lot of loyalists, maybe approaching half the population. In 1783, after independence had been secured, there was much work to unite the various colonies, each of which had a different history and mindset. The Three-Fifths idea is first brought into the debate. Some recoil at the idea today, but it was the lesser of two evils and a serious attempt to give the African population some standing. The South wanted to fully count them in the population, and the North wanted to exclude them. That sounds backwards, but the issue was how much power and seats each side would have in Congress. Slaves did not have a right to vote or much legal standing, Giving them a full count would have shifted the balance of power to the South. Northern interests did not want to see that happen. The Three-Fifths Compromise allowed them to be counted just at a lesser rate. This was in 1783, even before the Constitution, and we see the issue developing that will dominate nearly every debate for the next 80 years, and to a large extent still today. Robert E. Lee turns down an offer from President Lincoln to command Union armies in 1861. Lee was a widely respected Army commander. Virginia had seceded. While Lee was against secession, he was fiercely loyal to his state. This is a concept we cannot fathom today, largely due to the increase in power of the federal government as a result of the war. San Francisco is largely destroyed in an earthquake on this day in 1906. The Los Angeles Times remarks on the revival events on the tiny Azusa Street in downtown Los Angeles in 1906. The coverage was hardly glowing. Nonetheless, the revival will continue on the site for another 25 years. The simple fact is, society as a whole does not want to deal with any move of God or devotion that becomes more than a warm feeling. Be it on Azusa Street in 1906 or Kentucky in 2023. Both have things in common and are not a comfortable place for most folks. This is a bit cliched, but any wild display at sports events is tolerated and even expected. Yet let a person approach that level of devotion to religious practice, and they're no longer a fan, but a fanatic. While both words are closely linked in origin, they're miles apart in connotation. Dennis Prager commented, that no one is ever said to be too secular, while the charge of being too religious is commonly leveled. Think about that for a moment. The first crossword puzzle book is published in 1924. The Doolittle Raid on Japan takes place in 1942. This was the first time U.S. planes had attacked the Japanese homeland, and the prime target was the city of Tokyo. The raid consisted of only 16 aircraft. While it caused little actual damage, it was a major moral victory for the U.S. and brought the war to the Japanese people. Canadian actor Rick Moranis is 70 today. He was very active in the late 80s and early 90s then took a hiatus to raise his kids. You will know him from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Little Shop of Horrors, Ghostbusters, along with the SCTV skits of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Ventriloquist Jeff Dunham is 61. The Republic of Zimbabwe comes into being, replacing Rhodesia in 1980. The idea was Zimbabwe is a more locally controlled and African and dump the colonial feelings of Rhodesia. The Indianapolis Colts picked Tennessee quarterback Peyton Manning as their first pick in the NFL draft in 1989. That's history and comment for the 18th day of April. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.